Bible, open up. Um, I'm going to have you open up to Joshua. Um, we're going to look at a couple other verses, but I'm, we'll have you just go to, the, to Joshua first. So uh, I want to, as you think about uh, this morning, transitions or change in your life. I was thinking back um, uh, to when we moved here, and, and uh, this week I was with a couple different um, other families that you know, they were kind of in, you know, they're in a different life stage. And I was thinking back to when we moved here, and, and our kids were much, much younger. Ryan wasn't even born yet. Uh, Leah was in kindergarten. Caleb wasn't in school yet. Andrew was not in school either. Um, but here we are 13, 14 years later, and our, our things are different um, in a good way. And so, uh, and, and even for every one of us, we all have transition. We all have change. We all have things that we're, we're, we're moving, you know, to. And, um, and, 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 and what, is, what does that do? When, when we're in a new place, um, it's uncomfortable. We're in a place that we haven't been before. And so uh, that's what we see in, in Joshua. Joshua, um, Joshua chapter 1, uh, he's going to be the new leader. But what goes on before that? Um, because uh, it, it didn't just start um, on that day. And so uh, how do we adjust our life? If we're going to obey God, if we're going to follow him, uh, we can't just keep staying the same. Um, but there's going to need to be adjustments in our life. And we see that through Joshua's life. Even before he becomes the leader, way back. And so to, to paint some of the picture of, of what's going on, be, the story before the story of Joshua chapter 1, the nation of Israel was in Egypt. They were in slavery. God rescued them in a very miraculous way. He did that through parting the Red Sea. He took them into the desert. Um, to give them the law, to, you know, he, he met with Moses on the mountain. Um, there was all kinds of other things that happened, but it was always God was preparing them to go to, to give them the land. They had a nation. They had, you know, probably one to two million people, um, but you need a place to live. And God had promised them he was going to give them this little piece of land that has been the center of history Forever and even today, we still see it, right? Why is this little piece of land in such conflict? It's because God is the one who has put his hand on, on the, the land of Israel. And so God told them to go in and take the land. And uh, I don't know if you remember the story. There were 12 spies that went in. Ten of them came back and said, no way, it's too, it's too crazy. I.e., God doesn't know what he's talking about. There's no way he can do this. And there was two men, Joshua and Caleb, that stood up and said, God said for us to do this. We need to follow him. And I don't know how that's going to work out. But if God said he's going to do this, then we can march forward and believe that he is going to give this land somehow and some way. And so back in uh, Numbers, and, and I'll just read these uh, verses um, as part of the conversation. As these two men uh, stand up um, and the, the majority says, eh, 
So verse 30 uh, in Numbers. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. And so Caleb's words there was their confidence wasn't in them. Their confidence was in God. And they already saw God work in a supernatural way. And they were willing to stand up for him. And so uh, then over in verses, uh, in chapter 14, verses 6 through 9, he says, And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephthunah, they're always fun, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, The land which we pass through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. And do not fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And so they're reminded again, they're saying, God has said this, we need to obey him, we need to follow him. And why did the majority not want to do that? Because following God is uncomfortable. It's hard. you got to cling to him, and you can't be in control. And Joshua and Caleb were the two that stood up and said, we need to do this. And so, um, and as the story goes, the majority rules, they do not go. We don't have time to, to look at all that, um, but down in uh, 1424, this is what God says about these two men who are willing to obey, even though they, 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 they were outnumbered. And so down in verse 24, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring him into the land which he went and his descendants shall possess it. And so we know the story. For the next 40 years, they would wander around the big sandbox of the, uh, of, uh, um, uh, uh, the, the wilderness. And even in that, God was still demonstrating that he was gracious. He provided for those needs because in a desert, you don't have a giant eagle. And uh, there is no hometown markets there to go buy your food. Um, but every day they woke up. And God provided quail and manna um, for them. And so God was, was gracious to them. And, and the highlight here is for Joshua, for those 40 years, I, I wonder what is, he continued to obey God. Even though he was in the wilderness, even though, you know, even though he, 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 he wasn't where, where he knew God wanted them to be. But he continued to adjust his life. That was the testimony. That even when the majority said no, he continued to obey God for the next 40 years. If you are under 40 years old, go ahead and raise your hand. If you're under 40 years old, raise it high. Okay? So you think for you, your whole life is wandering around the wilderness. Those of you who are over 40, you, you know... You know how long 40 years is, okay? We're not doing who's uh, Caleb's eight, or uh, Caleb was 80, and he said, come on, let's keep serving the Lord, but we're not going to do that. Uh, but you get the picture of Caleb and, 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 and 
Joshua's obedience, their obedience to God. And there was an adjustment with that. To follow God, there's an adjustment that it's uncomfortable. And so here we are, flip over to Joshua, well, you're already there, Joshua chapter 1. And again, Joshua was the second in command, but now Moses has died and now he becomes the front person. I think this is where, you know, for all of us, you know, I, I think, you know, our, our high school students or even our seniors now, you know, and, and just, a, a, you know, in a few months, uh, you know, mom and dad aren't going to be around anymore. And so you're, you're going to be in the place where more decisions are falling on your shoulders. And you're saying, well, that's great. And it is great. But also there's a discomfort that comes with that. And so each of us in our life stages, um, there becomes that transition uh, creates that. And so Joshua is in that place. He's always been the one who could, Moses, tell me what to do. I'm the second, in, I'm your servant. I'll do whatever you want me to do. But now Moses is out of the picture and God has chosen Joshua to be the next one. And so let me read down through, um, uh, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, I'm gonna, just follow along and I'll, we'll get a little bit of the flavor here. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving you to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea towards the goring down of the sun shall be for your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. For you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do accordingly, according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success have i not commanded you be strong and courageous do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the lord your god is with you wherever you go and so God gives him this charge. And again, Joshua has been faithful. He has been continuing obeying God, but now he has to keep obeying God. And now he takes it up another level to lead this people. And Joshua would be a more military leader. That they, we, God was giving it to him, but they had to obey by following God. And so what were some of those adjustments that Joshua had to make in order to obey God? And so one of the adjustments that he had to make, and he says it four times. God says four times in here, be strong and courageous. Um, I think I read two or three of them, and, but there's one at the very end. Uh, but he says this phrase, be strong 
and courageous. And so what does that mean? What does that look like? Why would he say that? And again, here's where I think we have to separate. Our world will tell you, you are strong. You can do whatever you want. Just put your mind to it and you can just, you can just do it. But that's not what God is saying here. God isn't saying, Joshua, you are strong to do this. Who was the one who was going to give him the land? God is. And so the, the idea here of be strong and courageous, it's not about you mustering it up in your own ability. Strength is about, this is God's strength. So we need to adjust that it's not coming from me. It's more of a, of a, of a surrender. God, you're the one who I need to listen to your cues and I need to obey you and follow your lead when I feel like it, when I don't feel like it. And so God is the one who has all of the strength. He is the one who is God almighty. And so the adjustment for us is it's not coming from me, it's coming from God. I'm trusting in his ability. Jeremiah chapter 32. Uh, let me read uh, these two. You don't have to turn there. I'll, I'll read them. Um, Jeremiah 32. Can you? Here's what Jeremiah, here's the a, here's a way that he says it. And again, the point here is that God is the one who is strong. He has the strength. Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. And you show steadfast love to the thousands, but you repay the guilt of the fathers to their children after them. O oh, great and mighty God, whose name is the Lord of hosts. And, so, and that's what the, all the scriptures come. The power is in God. He's the one who is strong. And what God is saying to Joshua, you surrender to me and you follow my cues and I will give you the success that I'm telling you that you will have. Strength is in him. You think, you know, the New Testament, you know, here's a different way to put it. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, here's how Paul said it. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in what? In weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And so that's what God is saying to Joshua. Surrender to me. Follow my cues. I am going to do this. I am going to make it happen. Now again, when we read that from, you know, we don't like weakness, do we? How many of you like to be weak? None of us do. But it's about surrender. Because you can't be strong and God can't be strong in the same time. One's got to win out. And so you're either going to take, well, I'm going to figure this out, or I'm going to surrender and I'm going to allow Christ. I'm going to allow God to have his way through my life. And that's what God is saying uh, to Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is not allowing fear to stop you from doing what God's asking you to do. 
Joshua had to be full of stress and anxiety. God was asking him to do something that was way beyond his control. That's the same thing for us. So if you're waiting for the day, well, I'll obey God when I just feel all the peace in the world. You're probably not going to obey a whole lot. Because obeying God is uncomfortable. Trusting him is uncomfortable. And so Joshua was willing to move forward. He was willing to act. So back to Joshua chapter 1, you know, strength and courage um, was an adjustment. Another one, he wasn't left there without knowing what to do. God, God communicated. Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. And so one of the instructions that, or the adjustments that we need to make is meditating. What, what, what truth, what, what words are we going to allow to dwell in our heart and in our mind? And so Joshua, who lived 3,000 years, or I don't, I didn't do the math, but a while ago, same thing that we have to live by. He had the truth of God, and he, was he going to let, was he going to meditate, not just read the scriptures, but meditate? Are you going to let the word of God infect your mind and your heart? You're going to meditate. You're going to think about it. You're going to dwell on it. We can dwell on other things that are not good. Are we going to dwell on God's truth? It's going to take that adjustment. And Joshua was willing uh, to do that. So be strong and courageous. Let God's truth, his instruction, uh, permeate your thoughts. Uh, but over in chapter 5, there's another, uh, another thing that God asked them to do. And again, I think we need to get past the surface on this. What was really going on? And so part of uh, the nation of Israel, there was a sign of their obedience to God. And so here in uh, chapter 5, verse 2, God tells, uh, this is what God tells Joshua. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the sons of Israel a second time. And so what was the adjustment here? The adjustment was, Circumcision was an outward sign of what God wanted to do in their hearts, and that was holiness. He wanted them to be a holy people. Circumcision was a sign of cleanliness. And so what God was saying is, I want you to circumcise the men as a symbol of my holiness is going with you. I want you to be a different people. Now for us under the new covenant... Circumcision isn't our symbol. What is our symbol under the new covenant? Baptism. Exactly. And so when you jump in the water and you go under and come up, does the water wash away your sins? No. It's a symbol of what Christ has already done in your heart. But the point here is that God wants us to be a people that are holy, that are like him. We do what he does. We say no to what he says no to. And he wanted the people of Israel to go into the land to demonstrate what godliness looked like 
here on this planet. And so these were all adjustments that God, that Joshua needed to make if he was going to follow uh, God, if he was going to obey God. And you know what? We have to make adjustments too. If we're going to follow and obey God, we're going to have similar adjustments that we're going to have to make as well. Do we desire holiness? To be clean like God is? Are we willing to let his word permeate our thoughts that we would meditate on them? Are we willing to take his strength over my strength? Are we willing to be courageous? We're willing to act and step out in what God is asking us uh, to do. So I'm going to invite the, uh, the worship team to come up here and as, as uh, we're going to sing a song and uh, I'm going to give you the opportunity um, for another uh, prayer prompt. Um, you know, one of the things that we've been talking about through experiencing God is, uh, you know, is, is how is God working in our hearts? And so a number of you are uh, involved in, you know, ministries or outreaches outside of, you know, Good News Club or uh, CR or um, the food pantry, um, women at the well, you know, I'm going to forget some. Uh, or maybe it's just your workplace. And so as you've been outside of this building, what are some ways, where, where has God moved um, in your heart by something you saw or something you heard? And so I want to encourage you to be thinking about that. Think back over the last week to think, you know, what are some of maybe those ways? And uh, as we sing this song, uh, I'm going to come back up in a minute, or I'm going to give the opportunity for us uh, to express them in prayer uh, to the Lord.